0: Welcome to Overdue. It is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig.
1: Hello, I am Andrew.
0: And uh, each week, one of us pulls uh, a book or a play or something from our bookshelf uh, off <laughs> our bookshelf.
1: Usually, a book,
0: though. Yeah. Like,
1: you, well, it's a book of some in, kind. It's in book form.
0: Yeah, we're not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Kindles, but we're we're trying to go through books first. I guess. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Um, but they're all books from our backlog. We're trying to work through classic literature, uh, obscure novels, murder mysteries, whatever, whatever we have been meaning to read because maybe we bought it or someone gave it to us once. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, yeah, uh, Andrew, what did we read this week? Okay, for our second episode, I decided that it would be a great idea to read "Love in the Time of Cholera" by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. No, I really okay. Oh no, go ahead. Well,
0: I realized that I said what did we read this week and I want to be clear that I did not read this book and that's kind of the No, it's
1: it's not like a book club thing. Like I guess it's only our second show so we should like enlighten you as to the format. Like each week one of us is going to read a book and then we're going to talk about it to the other one of us. <laughs> yeah. And we're not going to have any compunctions about like plot spoilers and stuff. We're just going to have a conversation about the book. And keeping it one-sided kind of helps it be accessible. So it's not just like me and Craig talking about some book that you haven't read because that would be boring. Yeah, that would. And maybe be. it's boring anyway, but <laughs> you'll just, just deal with it. Just, just go along for the ride. It's not my problem that you're bored so easy. Um,
0: now, Andrew, I suppose we should tackle this first before we get into what this act, what this book is actually about. Um, And maybe you learned this from the book. What is cholera? Can you tell me about cholera a little bit?
1: Cholera, okay, now this, I have not looked this up. Okay. But based on this, and it doesn't actually figure super prominently into the book. Like, it it does, but it doesn't. But we can talk about that more in a bit. All right. Anyway, cholera seems to be a disease where you basically poop your guts out until you die. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I guess you barf, too. Like, you just vomit so much. And I don't know like I could Wikipedia it but I think that would ruin the fun and it would make it so I would need to give a more accurate description <laughs> but yeah. But as far as I can tell yeah you just get sick and then you are sick and sick and sick and I don't know if you end up eventually dying of dehydration or what.
0: Oh but, um, that's probably it's probably right.
1: Yeah, but it's it's something that you get from like poor hygiene. Mhm.
0: Okay. Okay, so we're in the time of pooping your guts out and cholera, okay, yes. and we're falling in love, <laughs> right? Is that the idea? yeah,
1: yeah, the book, yeah, the book is about it's mostly about love and a different kinds of love, and it takes place at a time where cholera was a thing that you needed to be worried about so in in that way, the title is very accurate
0: <laughs> now okay, so where is where does this book take place, and presumably this is where Gabriel Mar- Garcia Marquez I'm going to mess up his name every time I say it where is he from
1: every time it's um uh, it's like it's not something that like I'm sure I would be able to uh I would have a better idea if I had a better idea of like what geography was but it's it's basically in South America okay and that's <laughs> no, so this wait, is embarrassing Let me, you, I'm going to look this up
0: did the book not tell you what country it takes he place in?
1: He doesn't say, like, out in the open and be like, oh, this takes place in Chile. Well, I, okay, I guess every... In, in South... Okay, yeah. so I assume it's, like, north, the northern kind of part of South America <laughs> because they talk about boats from New Orleans a lot. Okay. So I assume it's, like, Brazil. I don't know. Do you think it's
0: maybe Central America? Oh, it might be Central I am America. so interested in not looking this up right now because it's... Hella embarrassing for I both of I should really us. know.
1: Well, I mean like I read 350 pages of this thing and does it say yeah.
0: on the book jacket where he is from? He's Colombian, Andrew.
1: He's Colombian. From Okay, he's from Colombia. Okay. We could just we just we just get rid of all that and post, right? Like <laughs> Sure. Why not? It's love in the time of
0: geography. Yep. Okay. Okay, so it takes place in Colombia, and this is important, yes. <laughs> I suppose. Or um, maybe not I mean, so much.
1: Well, like the geography doesn't, it's not a super important part of the story. Let me, do you want me to sum it up for you?
0: Well, do you, you can start from do the beginning. To... I'll, have, I'll ask questions along the way if I need anything clarified.
1: Well, it's not really, part of the thing is that it's not really told in chronological order okay and part of the part of the deal with the the book is that time is kind of super fluid like he can be talking about um the characters when they're old and it can like flash back to when they're young and vice versa like you can be following like a living character around and all of a sudden it'll tell you that he's been doing the thing that he has been doing for a long time and that he'll do it until the day that he dies <laughs>
0: Wait, but th- does that, like, in the middle of a scene, or wh- how does that...
1: Yeah, like, a lot of the time, they'll just, they'll just be talking about what one of the characters will be doing, and then he'll say, and then on his dying day when he died, like, this is... <laughs> he had this glass of lemonade with the ice chips in it every day until he got up and went outside and tried to catch a parrot that was hanging out in a tree and felled off the ladder and died. <laughs> That's... And then later, the scene will play out where he actually tries to catch a parrot that's in a tree, and he'll die.
0: (laughs) Why is any of this relevant to love?
1: Okay, so the book follows three characters around, mostly. All right. There's um, Dr. Juvenile Urbino, uh, who is um, not the male protagonist, I'd say. He's like the secondary male protagonist. Okay. Um, there's a woman named uh, Fermina Daza. Okay. And if I'm pronouncing these wrong, that's that's okay. All right. Um, who is the doctor's wife? And then there's Florentino Ariza, who is the male protagonist, who's like a, a lover from Fermina Daza's childhood, who like loves her basically his entire life, even though she is married to another guy.
0: Did, did they know each other as kids? And then they got, like, separated, sort of.
1: Well, the deal was they kind of met by chance when they were, like, teenagers in their, or in their very early 20s. And they basically had this whole love affair that they carry out almost exclusively through letters. Like, they, they see each other face-to-face only a couple of times at the beginning of the, of the courtship and at the very end. But they're sending these letters back and forth for years and her father doesn't approve of the relationship because he's like the bastard son of mm-hmm. of um, somebody who runs riverboats, <laughs> and so like he <laughs> wants his he wants his daughter to marry somebody who's more culturally upscale than that.
0: Okay, so it's an issue. So it's clash class issues.
1: Yeah, some right. and like she she isn't of like an upper class, either her, just her father wants her to marry into the upper class.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right.
1: So they, they have this whole protracted love affair and like, they ask each other to get married through letters and she starts acting like she's his wife already and she doesn't like see other guys and they're just sending all these letters and letters and letters. And finally she is walking through the market one day and he like sneaks up behind her and she turns around and like she sees that he's balding and kind of an uggo, and she says, Well, sorry, no thanks.
0: Wait, how old are they at this point?
1: They're in their early twenties at this point. Okay.
0: What when and she did we know all of wait, a sudden did we know all, he was gonna get ugly? Did we do like was this a thing like was he painted as a ladies' man and then it kinda went sour? Or was well, it, I mean
1: it's it's the lady is like him which we'll get to in a little bit. Oh. But um he uh, he gets super uncomfortable around her and like he's it, it just kind of makes him look creepy, I guess. So she turns around and sees him like breathing all heavy and he's pale and sweaty and all of a sudden like after years of letter writing it crashes down on her that maybe it was not the best decision in the whole world to decide to you know that she needed to marry this guy more than she needed anything in the whole world.
0: Oh, wait. So she loves which guy? Not well, Florentino. Well, that's that's
1: also complicated. This is all very complicated. She and Florentino think that they love each other. <laughs> okay. But she kind of repents of it. And it's like their 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 love affair is very like heated in the way that you know, in the in the way that your first serious relationship can often be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't have any context for it. And you think, oh, you know, somebody likes me and I like them like this is this is the real deal. This is true love. And she ends up not not uh, actually marrying him.
0: OK. Why does she? OK. But she, is it just because she thinks he's an uggo?
1: At like the catalyst for the decision appears to be entirely based on his appearance, but then I think the, his his appearance also gives her some perspective and she realizes how like silly their their whole like years long relationship that's predicated just on these flower they love letters has hmm. has been okay, yeah, so she ends up well okay dr Juvenal Urbino yeah, is. yeah who is, is this, this other, guy what is he what yeah. is his deal? He um, he basically pushes for better sanitary conditions in the city. Like, they're they're really worried about cholera because, as we have discussed, this is happening. This is taking place in the time of cholera. <laughs> okay. Which is, like, the m- mid-1700s.
0: Oh, I, see, I, I should have asked you because I knew the book was written in 1985. 1985? But I have no yeah, idea it's, um, when it took place. Okay. Or
1: maybe it's the mid 1800s. Uh oh. They only there's well they give a numbered year toward the end, and I don't remember if it said 1800s or 18th century.
0: All right. Um, fact checking. Live fact checking. Yeah.
1: No, I think cars are a thing. Okay. Yeah, cars are definitely a thing. So it must have been 18, like the mid 1800s.
0: Well, what kind of cars do they mean, though? Just like old cars. What kind of ca- what kind of old cars were there in the <laughs> mid 1800s, Andrew? No, I mean,
1: okay, the book spans a long period. Like you follow these characters from the time they're in their 20s until the time when they're like in their 70s and 80s and old people. Okay. It's it's just it's hard to give a concise synopsis of it cuz you start basically following around Juvenal Urbino who is an old guy and you're basically following him around on the last day of his life because he Trying to get his prize talking parrot out of a tree, climbs up a ladder, falls backwards, and breaks his back and kills himself.
0: Why does this parrot ma- matter so much to him?
1: Because he spent all this time tutoring it and teaching it how to say things and like teaching it literature and stuff. <laughs> it's really nuts
0: what <laughs> it will does that mean something, do you think? Um, do we do we want to start cracking this nut open? Like what is it I think I
1: don't think the parrot's the thing that we need to spend all the all the time. Well, it, it tells this. It tells a uh, story about how Fermina does. really liked animals, but then one day one of her dogs goes nuts and kills all the other animals in oh the god. house. <laughs> oh my god! And and so he was like, he he gave her an ultimatum and said nothing that can't speak will ever live in this house again what is that
0: that's a terrible thing to
1: say i know and so he she gets this parrot and she's like sticking it to him cuz oh this parrot can technically talk and so he's like oh yeah you bested me and then he spends all this time teaching it literature and stuff just he just like leans into the into the parrot thing
0: okay he leans into the oh yeah. okay
1: so he dies and then you're introduced to florentino oriza because he has been waiting since since she spurned him. He's been waiting his entire life for her husband to die. Okay. So, she, so he can tell her that he still loves her. Okay. And so he does, and she's like, get out of my house. My husband is literally dead in the other room. <laughs> her husband
0: who died from? From the parent, from the parent incident, parent. Okay. yes.
1: And then it flashes back to their like their youthful love affair and it basically follows them up through to the present day and then the last chapter kind of picks up where the first chapter left off Mm -hmm. and um you know like, like 50 years has has given Florentino Ariza some some perspective and they kind of come to an understanding and eventually end up loving each other all right But it's, it's, there's just, there's just so much. Like, you can, you can talk about how Juvenile Urbino and, and Fermina Daza's marriage is, um, like it's basically mostly seems happy, but she gets very, like, is this all there is about it?
0: Okay. Well, why did she, yeah, why did she marry him? I know that, I know why she didn't marry Florentino because he was an Ogo, but (laughs) why didn't, why didn't, She why did she marry she, this guy?
1: She ended up marrying him like it was it was just easier because her father approved like he was a he was a very respected figure because of the kind of, medical advancements he had brought to the city and he was like bringing art and culture and stuff back to the back to the city. Okay. And she she basically just came to like she, the big one of the big thematic things is that she she never seems sure whether she loves him or not, mm-hmm. or whether they're just like it was a marriage of convenience, and you know they had kids and they were mostly happy, but maybe they didn't really love each other. Okay, yeah.
0: So kind of like so kind of like a lot
1: of relationships. It sounds
0: like that yeah. that seems to be kind of the the resonant aspect of it, right? Is that like you find yourself in a situation and then whether or not you like that situation is as much like its own fact. And also whether or not you're working to enjoy it or not, or is this kind of something you've settled for? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of the thing. And after, and after juvenile Urbino dies, she spends a lot of time, you know simultaneously missing this person who she spent 50 years with and still wondering if during the whole thing she wasn't really happy mm. or you know whether they really loved each other
0: that's a long time to not be happy yeah. 50 and,
1: years yeah <laughs> but then there's this there's this whole other thing like the the book is is it's long and it's it just it takes a very long time to get where it's where it's going like you just spend a lot of time getting to know these characters and like following everything that they do Mm -hmm. over 50 years like Florentino Ariza in his initially in his desire to like forget about Fermina Daza or like try to replace her he ends up like having sex with a lot of people (laughs) he has sex the back of the book says and this is backed up in the text He's had sex with 622 different women. <laughs> Whoa. Is he good at it? He's pretty good at it. I mean, he writes some books and stuff.
0: Wait, he writes books way? about sex? He read some <laughs> books about sex?
1: No, he, he writes a book that eventually goes unpublished, but he writes, like, a big book about about sex and love and all this stuff. Okay. Uh, but.
0: You seem, okay, you seem a little shell-shocked by this book. Am I wrong, or are you trying, or are you just, like, you can't even begin to f- squeeze it down into a manageable well,
1: chunk? I, I, I just finished it. I mean, there are just, there are a lot of themes going on. There's, like, the theme of of love, and what is love, and how does love come about. Okay. Um, there's the theme of aging that comes up a lot. Like, you, you follow these characters as they, as they gradually age over the years, and gradually gradually realize that they're aging or a lot of the times suddenly realize that they're they're aging um there's a really there's a line that i liked a lot where um florentino Ariza realizes that he's getting old because he starts to look like his father Mm -hmm. and do we we like his father at all we don't really we don't really meet him he he dies when florentino Ariza is, is really pretty young okay and and he never like part of the thing is that Fl- Florentino Ariza is illegitimate and he was never recognized. Oh, so so even though like everybody knows that he's this this river boat guy's son, mm-hmm. like he's he's not acknowledged ever, and so he has to kind of make his own way in the world. Hmm. All right, uh, but it's just there's there's a lot there's just, there's a <laughs> lot of stuff.
0: Did you find it hard while reading it? to keep and to keep those balls afloat does it does it feel messy i
1: mean in a way it's it's messy because you time is kind of fluid like Mm -hmm. through the whole middle section of the book in between the two bookends where where you know juvenile juvenile urbino dies Mm -hmm. and florentino and Ariza and fermina daza kind of get a chance to explore their feelings for each other The whole middle section of the book basically is moving forward chronologically, but it jumps around a lot. Okay. And um, so many of his liaisons, like his significant liaisons that the book spends a lot of time on, are like concurrent. Oh. (laughs) Like he takes on a lot of people at the same time, and he has some relationships that last for years and years, but none of them are really exclusive. Mm -hmm. And so you just, like in a way, it's very straightforward because you follow Fermina Daza's thread and she's in this marriage and sometimes she has doubt about having spurned Florentino Ariza while she while they were young and she wonders whether she's loving her husband and she's dealing with that and you're following Florentino Ariza's thread which is all about him just waiting and waiting and waiting for Fermina Daza and kind of exploring all of his, all these sexual relationships on the side (laughs) in the meantime. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So, I mean, in in that sense, there aren't a lot of characters to keep track of and there aren't a lot of story threads to juggle, but you just, you just spend so much time with so many different, I don't know, in so many different settings, Mm -hmm. I guess. Does, um, it's just all it's it's a lot to kind of digest and boil down and I just finished it too so I don't have a lot of like perspective yeah, on it yeah. yet I
0: guess. Does Florentino uh ever get married?
1: He never does. No.
0: Right. So they're kind of they're kind of opposites in that way. Like they they kind of went away from their meeting and potential life together and went in opposite directions.
1: Kind of well I mean he's his his whole thing is that even while he's He's doing all this fun stuff on the side. Like he's he's waiting for 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 Mina Daza the whole time. Okay, and yeah. so he there are a couple of women throughout his life that he feels like understand him enough that they might possibly want to that he might possibly want to marry them, but he is like mortally terrified that. He's going to get married and then juvenile Urbino's going to die and he's going to miss his miss his chance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But she's not Dude's, she's not like waiting yeah. for him. Right. She just.
1: No. Like yeah. she she thinks about him occasionally, but mostly, I mean, especially right after she breaks the relationship off, like she returns all of his love letters. She asks for all the stuff that she gave him back. Mm-hmm. And she kind of puts him out of her mind, like they run, they run into each other a few times, you know, over the course of their lives, like mostly at social events and things, but they don't really interact much. And he is obsessed with her and she kind of thinks about him sometimes in the context of what could have been. And, and, you know, am I happy? And did I make a mistake? But, um, but she, she only really comes around to him after she stops being mad that he came and proposed his love to her after her husband died. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what are
0: the like what about the What about the like is there a cultural aspect to it that is uh distinctly you know South American or Colombian for lack of a better word that might that makes it feel a little bit different in terms of how it's discussing love. Does that make sense? Is that a valid question?
1: Well, I mean, these characters are kind of trapped by their social conventions okay. and it's and that I think that is kind of I don't want to say it's unique, but that's how the setting kind of informs it. Mm-hmm. Um like it's very Catholic mm. and very very strict. So that kind of informs how the people, like when when Firmina Daza and Florentino Ariza are kind of exploring their relationship with each other in old age, like their kids are like you know is this is it proper for these two old people to to <laughs> fall in love and do stuff with each other?
0: <laughs> are there graphic depictions um, of old people? Love making. Yes, there are graphic
1: depictions of a lot of people love making. Awesome, great, and with people pooping their drawers and all kinds of stuff. Wait, during wait,
0: that's separate from the love making, right? Yeah. No.
1: Well, uh, well, most of the time. All All right. Florentino Ariza, it is noted several times throughout the text, suffers mightily from constipation.
0: So it's the opposite of cholera.
1: Well, yes. But okay, two things. One, one woman that he is with finds a way to turn his enema thing into a sex thing. Okay. Cuz they Whoa. both do they both do enemas together.
0: Okay. Move on.
1: And then the second thing is that when he finally like he okay, he proclaims procl- proclaims his love for Fermina Daza. Okay. And she's like, "My husband just died. Get out." <laughs> and then They exchange, or mostly he sends her letters over the course of like another year. Okay. And then they're finally like, okay, let's hang out. And so he comes to meet her for the first time and he has like the worst diarrhea ever. Oh. And he like runs out of the house and he's in the backseat of his car and then he poops his pants. in the backseat of his car, like I had to read this, so you have to. This hear sounds
0: about like it. This sounds like a David Sedaris story. This doesn't. <laughs> is
1: this capital L literature? Is that what's happening here? I guess. Yeah, I mean, throughout there, there are very graphic depictions of sex and of people's bodies and euphemisms for penis.
0: Do Do you think any <laughs> of that was like? part of the fun of translation also or do you think
1: that yeah like i i don't know how much this stuff would have been like more florid and uh <laughs> oh, that's even worse <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how much like maybe there are plays and words mm-hmm. you know they're playing on words in, in spanish but it's just about an old man pooping his pants in know. english like cool. i don't know
0: <laughs> do you think that other, we were kind of talking about before we got into this weird part of this Part of the book,
1: you keep asking me questions. Well, you're leading me down these alleys. I'm to, and I'm just following. No, I'm trying.
0: Well, now I'm trying to ask you new questions. I don't want to go down those alleys anymore. <laughs> like I wanted, I wanted to ask you about the translation in general. If you fa- if you found it uh, awkward at times or anything like that, or if it still kind of felt true to this other culture that you may, you might not have been exposed to.
1: I mean, I think it did generally feel true. There are certainly parts where it felt like a literal translation Hmm. in that, you know, the words were there, but maybe they didn't pick up the same rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. But there are still some very like striking lines in it. Like the thing about, you know, realizing that you're old when you look like your father is, is the one that stuck with me the most, but there, um, you know, throughout you get, you get hit by the poetry of a particular phrase and, and you can tell that the translation was done, you know, lovingly and, and trying to, maintain the the intent of the original text as well as you know as well as the literal words
0: yeah is it a we've been talking a lot about when he at the end of the book basically when he comes (laughs) and says hey i love you your husband's dead i love you uh is that a surprise when it happens does it feel like the closing
1: of an of an inevitable loop it's a surprise for her okay Like, right after she spurns him, you know, in their youth, he basically resolves to do exactly the thing that he does. So, Oh, okay. So when you're first introduced to it, like, the the first chapter, the beginning chapter, kind of ends with that moment. Hmm. And you're like, what? And then you go back and you follow them from their youth up until, you know, the present, or, you know, in the book, the present day. Okay. And by the time you get around to it, it's completely unsurprising that that he would do this.
0: <laughs> that he would go off and become a Don Juan, or that yeah. he would, okay. <laughs> like, and then well, well, and then I is mean, it's, surprising? it's completely
1: it's completely unsurprising that he would declare his love in this way because it's exactly the thing oh. that he has seen his whole life like building to. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Hmm. But did you did you find it surprising? Did you just kind of like? Is it is it like oh yeah, or is it like okay
1: finally? <laughs> it's a little okay finally, just because the book is very very long. <laughs> I was a little, I was more, I was more. Well, I mean, you just you read all these passages, and some of them are very striking and very pretty, and some of them just seem like they're they're kind of filling time, like going around the same. Okay, like they, they just highlight so many different. So many different relationships, so many different trysts that Florentino Ariza has with some of these women, and they don't always seem, you know, super germane to where the story is going. Because you know, you know, because of the way the first chapter ended, that eventually you're going to get back to that point. Okay. Does it where Florentino Ariza declares his love, and so so after a while, you are just kind of wondering. You know when when is this gonna happen already?
0: Yeah do the twi- do the trysts like connect to one another? Do they add things to his character, or is it just kind of showing how much he had to go through while he was waiting? Because he was just waiting. Like it's not like he killed the doctor as a result of all of these. No, things. he thinks about it a couple times, oh, okay. but he doesn't
1: actually do it. Um, I mean it's it's a little of both. I mean, there are, he is just marking time, but a lot of the time these women, and and, it, and the book uses the different relationships that he ha- he's having a lot of time to um, to kind of show the the passing of time and how he's aging. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, there are some like he realizes that he's aging mostly, actually mostly in relation to the women that he sees. Mm. Um. And yeah, like there's there's a time that he sees Firmina Daza and he knows that they're both getting old because she like stumbles as she's going up some stairs yeah, or yeah. something. And it's just it's it's little things like that that um that kinda tell him that he's aging and tell him that time is running out. But he's he's so driven to eventually, you know, outlive juvenile Urbino and declare his love that like he, he kinda takes it as a um as a predetermined thing that he's, he's going to live to do it, you know? Weird. Yeah. Something that you
0: mentioned to me while we were uh, planning for this recording uh, that i wanted. And we
1: did plan for it. Well, yeah. Um, In we case you can't tell.
0: Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> didn't want, but this conversation, I didn't want you to have it with me when you mentioned it. Cause I wanted to save it uh, for the show. You were talking about how you haven't read like, I don't know if you want to just straight up say literature or if it's like fiction that is like realistic in a fashion or like set in the real world in a while. And it was like jarring. Is that true? Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Like I, and I, I feel like maybe this is a common experience, but I don't know. So, so tell me, but like we went through college and you spend a lot of time in college, kind of reading stuff that maybe you don't always want to read. True, <laughs> and it kind of can, in a way, ruin reading for pleasure <laughs> for you. Okay, because you start to associate reading with doing reading instead of doing stuff you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, y- and that that probably makes me sound like you know uncouth, but. <laughs>
0: No, I I just think it's an it's a different perspective. You know, I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why I want to do this show in general. Um, mm-hmm. Is that yeah? I I read, but I find myself when I'm reading for leisure, I read a lot more articles and uh, short nonfiction and stuff like that. So that's right. one of the reasons why I want to do this show. Is like I used to read fiction a lot more than I do now.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, and so yeah, when I picked reading back up after school, it was a lot of. Um, the stuff that I've been into lately has been like biographies mm-hmm. and like political stuff and, um, and stuff like I read Moneyball and liked it a lot. Like, even though I don't really care that much for baseball, just all very like factual or, you know, trying to be factual <laughs> in the case of some of the political <laughs> books. <laughs> and I, and I didn't really try, I didn't really read any, a lot of fiction and, um, so whenever I try to pick fiction up, I just kind of had a hard time getting into the into the tone or like getting into the um, you know, the way things were worded or like the stylistic choices because in nonfiction a lot of the time, you know, the good writers are just trying to get you from point A to point B. Yeah, very much so. And make you and make you like understand the stuff you're reading. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in fiction like art is the intent a lot, you know, a lot more of the time. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah, the novel, the capital N novel, the like big and not not this is as huge of a book as like the ones that get trotted out as the novels now like it's not like a Jonathan mm-hmm. Franzen tome um but that's that's a little bit more what people are up to it's you're in it for the setting you're in it for how the setting in, informs the theme you're in it for are there metaf- you know what kind of metaphors are we working with yeah right the the relationship of the author to the characters and the author to the audience is very different than mm-hmm. nonfiction.
1: Yeah. And it's those, those like muscles in my brain have atrophied. Like this is the first, this is the first capital L literature that I've read in quite a while. And I mean, like I've, yeah, like I said, I've read mostly nonfiction stuff, mostly articles and mixed in with some like bad fantasy <laughs> fiction where it's much, it's much easier to kind of turn that. Yeah. Yeah that part of your brain off because a lot you know most of the time the symbolism is like super obvious and you don't have to think about it very much well or
0: it's not even they're not even worried about symbolism it's really just about hey we we built this neat world that came out of my brain and now we're going to go from point a to point b in this. and here are some guys sword fighting yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and then hopefully we'll get a tv deal like that's how it you know
1: yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think, and it's coming through in my really disjointed synopsis of the book, mm-hmm. but it's it's been a while since I've read kind of a big, heavy novel.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, and, so, yeah. and this isn't, I mean, this is something I'm thinking about more now as I read it, as I'm reading things for this show, Um were you kind of aware of themes as they're evolving or we kind of, I know I'm, we're kind of catching you raw right now in terms of how late, how recently you've finished the book. Like mm-hmm. is like, were you able to be processing some of the more macro stuff as you were reading it? Or is it kind of like you're just in the thick of it and then you'll see where it goes.
1: I mean, you, you do the way that you're gr- introduced to stuff. So gradually through the course of the book, like, Obviously you learn a lot about the nature of like emotional and physical love. Mm -hmm. Um, You are super aware of time. Like whether, whether you know exactly where in the characters lives you are, you you don't always know that, but you're always aware that time is there and that time is passing. Do you, do you Um, know when aging aging is a big component of it too? Like you can pick out the big themes as you're going because it circles around and it revisits them pretty often. Do you
0: know when the times change pretty clearly even if you don't know what they're changing to? Like when if we're jumping to another point in a character's life and then you're going to the you know the audience is going to catch up on to when exactly that is, but is it pretty clear when that's happening?
1: Yeah, I mean most of the most of the time these things come in the, in terms of small but noticeable little revelations. Mm-hmm you know like the like looking in the mirror and realizing that you look like your father um having your first child in the case of Fermina Daza like the you you do you notice these things cuz the book takes time to stop and notice them oh, okay. and and discuss them even like
0: hmm. yeah cuz I, I was thinking of uh, another book i read a couple of years ago uh, which was made into into a movie uh, revolutionary road um they that book what i really loved about it that the movie didn't really touch on at all was that these scenes within scenes would happen with flashbacks where it would be like a guy would be at his desk and then he'd be thinking about the dinner he was having with a client and then in that dinner he was telling a story and like mm-hmm. the novel would seamlessly kind of go in this kind of russian doll thing through the layers of narrative uh mm-hmm. and Occasionally pop back up to the surface narrative to remind you of what was going on, Um, and it's one of the first times I was reading a book and really noticing how slick it was being done because you never, Mm -hmm. you were never at a loss for which scene you were in, even if you didn't know the particulars of those scenes. I'm always interested when books can kind of pull that off, and when and when it's related to thematically what's happening or not.
1: Yeah, and that's this book doesn't it doesn't layer them in that way. Mm-hmm. Like you, you aren't in a scene where they're young and then they or in a scene where they're old and then they're talking about being young and then they're old again. Like the bulk of the book, I guess is technically a flashback because it starts, you know, at the, you know, toward the end of their lives. Cool. And, um, and time is very elastic in, in some cases. I mean, like I said, you can be following a character in his twenties around, like Florentino Ariza for example like even when he's young the book talks about how in like 50 years and x months and x days he will eventually declare his love for Fermina Daza and sometimes you you jump forward to events in a way that you know that they're going to happen exactly like that Interesting Does that make yeah, sense Yeah yeah so it's
0: it's less the uh Kind of like scenes happening right right next to each other, but in the middle of describing a scene, Marquez is going to take time to tell you give you some irony and tell you about what's going to happen later
1: yeah, yeah, like almost offhand like um, almost like in in a in a sentence he'll kind of toss that kind of stuff off, yeah, and from the very you know from the very beginning of the book, I thought it was interesting because you're following this character, Juvenile Urbino. The The first chapter is delivered mostly from Juvenile Urbino's viewpoint, and you get his viewpoint a few more times throughout the book, but way less often hmm. than you get Florentino's or Ferminas, Yeah. But um, almost from the outset, the book talks about, you know, the day that he'll die in a way that makes you certain that you're going to see that happen. Hmm. Like even, even before you know it's going to happen, you you know that it's going to happen,
0: basically. Yeah, and we, and we talked about that on on the last episode too, kind of effective foreshadowing. But this mm-hmm. this sounds like it's being a bit more blunt about it. Like it's asking you to kind of be aware of those things and take notes. A little, of, like know?
1: let me let me see, and maybe we'll have to edit some of this out too. But let me find because early in the book there is at least one like really good example. Cool. Um, Like there's one there's one sequence where it's kind of talking about his home office and his library. And, you know, in describing it, it says no other room displayed the meticulous solemnity of the library, the sanctuary of Dr. Dr. Urbino until old age carried him off. Hmm. And I mean, you know, the character is old. And just just there's a way that 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 passage and a couple others are. There's a way that they're phrased that just makes you certain that that you're going to see old age carry him off before the end of the book. Yeah, that's
0: interesting, because you don't need to hear that then. Like it's Yeah. And it's like it's
1: not it's not necessary information.
0: And and you could even say for the rest of his life or for all of his life, and it would be far less centered on his eventual passing. Right. So there's this kind of interesting and I and I guess that's not not knowing exactly how and when they do decide to lean on this disease idea thing, um, but that there is an element of like, you know, everyone's number is going to come up and what are you going to do? What's going to happen before then and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, like the people, and especially Juvenile Urbino, because he's he's a doctor himself. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are just descriptions of how old he knows he is and how... You know, how fragile the threads that hold him, you know, that keep him alive are. Is he, So do we think
0: as close as we get to this, uh, the whole cholera thing, is that mostly through Urb- Urbino since he is? The yeah, doctor? it's
1: mostly it's mostly through him because his father dies of cholera like during a cholera epidemic. Hmm. There are a couple near epidemics after like he he goes to europe for a medical school mm-hmm. and then comes back and um initially he's saying stuff like you know you shouldn't drink this standing water out of this pot with these worms in it or like you should not slaughter animals and then leave the corpses like right next to where you live look at, <laughs> look at what i learned in school yeah like he's making these very basic common sense sanitary suggestions and until he finally of helps beat back a um a near outbreak of cholera like he's not respected but after after he does that it's very um you know that's that's where all of his respect comes from so that's kind of the biggest way that cholera comes into the story like it's mentioned a few times as kind of a kind of a background threat mm-hmm. but like none of the main characters get it or die from it it's always it's always kind of ancillary characters or even like undescribed just like dead people Hmm. is it like you know there there'll be a corpse floating down the river and cholera is probably what they died of like it's it's all it's always present but it only in that only through urbino does it really have any impact on the story at all Hmm. all right oh and and he meets fermina daza the first time because she has symptoms that people are worried are cholera oh. so I guess in that in that sense it, it, it impacts yeah, the yeah. storyline as well does, but like she never actually has it so <laughs>
0: does he love her?
1: No, I don't <laughs> think so. All right. I mean he it, it says I mean it talks about their wedding night and how he kind of knows that he doesn't love her but he's kind of besotted with her. Yeah, yeah. And they and they get along, and they you know they're doing everything right that they're supposed to be doing. Hmm. But um, but only only in very rare flashes. Like right as he dies, he kind of realizes, oh, well, I guess I did love her in my in my way, and then he's dead.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, that's sad.
1: Yeah, but but whether they actually have like passionate love is it's pretty clear that they that they don't. Now the book doesn't think that passionate love is the best thing. I was just going to ask like, you.
0: It sounds like it, it sounds like the book does not think that that is the best thing.
1: Yeah, because their like Florentino and Fermina's early relationship is that super passionate kind of burning love. Mm-hmm. And the book is clear at the end when they actually do when she does come to love him that it's not because of these like flowery love letters and stuff, but because because he he says a lot of really intelligent things about like the nature of love, and he has a lot of perspective and maturity and stuff that he's gained over fifty years, and it's that that she kind of comes to, to respect and to and to love about him rather than the, God. you know the the first relationship heat that they that they get from this from those early letters. I
0: can't tell if that makes me feel like the book is like a happy ending because they get together, or if it's like. You young idiots are never going to find the right person. (laughs) You won't know who you're in love with until you're 75 and somebody you thought you loved is dead. (laughs) I might be boiling down this book very far.
1: Maybe, but I mean, it's, it's very, the thing that I took away from the book, just that it's, it's very human Mm -hmm. book. Like people have very, sometimes exaggerated, but very human feelings and reactions and worries. I, mean, I think that maybe Florentino Ariza's fifty-year-long one-sided love affair is probably the most unrealistic thing about it. But I mean, it's you can still see how somebody with with a certain kind of personality could feel that way yeah. and act that way and have it seem perfectly rational.
0: Hmm. Alright, is that all we learned?
1: That's yeah. That was my lesson. Alright,
0: I don't think I I don't think I learned anything else except that. Marquez is from (laughs) Colombia,
1: which we learned. I'm sorry. Which we learned in this episode. (laughs) Yes. So if you take away anything, Gabriel Garcia Marquez is Colombian. And if you do a podcast about books, now you will know before, so you don't have to find out on the air.
0: Great. But don't really do one because then you will compete with us. Yeah, don't do that. If people want to find out more about our podcast about books, Andrew, what can they do?
1: I don't know. I've been talking this whole time. Why don't you tell them what they oh, can do? Oh,
0: man. I guess they could go to OverduePodcast.com. <laughs>
1: yeah, take it
0: home. Or they could follow us on Twitter at OverduePod, right? Uh, yes. And I think we'll have a Facebook page soon, which will be similar, Facebook.com slash OverduePod, if I have my druthers. And you can also email us book suggestions or things we missed from these books, et cetera, uh, at OverduePod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and if you found us on iTunes, which hopefully you did or you can in the future, uh, please give us a review as long as it's a good one. And maybe if it's a constructive one, we'll take those two. I would take,
1: yeah, I would take a three-star constructive review. Oh, yeah,
0: let's let's get the largest amount of three-star constructive reviews on a podcast. This
1: podcast is as average a podcast as ever I've heard.
0: But we're the best average podcast. We're the most average yes, podcast. we're the most average <laughs> Thanks for, for tuning and, in. Uh, oh, I'm gonna, oh, go ahead.
1: We got we got some more. No. Oh, go, what do we got? Um, I was just going to say that up on the website, whenever we post a new episode, which is every week or should be every week, that's what we're aiming for, um, we don't want to serve you a bunch of stupid Google ads that don't have anything to do with your life. So we're going to have links to the books uh, on Amazon and you can go buy them. And if you use that link, we will get some money for it. So Cool that would be that would be really awesome and i also want to thank the immortal Stephen dowling whose brassy pipes uh brought you into the show thank you steve yeah
0: and thank you for listening yeah thanks we'll see you next week
1: yeah bye